Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, in which we take a light-hearted look at a serious subject. Every two weeks we look back through the stories of true crime to find an event that took place on this week in history. I'm your host Mark Decano and with me as always are my friends Jed Lester Hello and Rue Turner. Hello. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you can and if you can't you can always email us to stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk and in appreciation of every five-star review we'll give you a shout out on a future episode. So the date we're looking at this week is the 25th of April and in 1935 at the Coogee Aquarium and Swimming Baths in Sydney, Australia, a recently captured tiger shark became ill and began to vomit. First a rat, then a bird, and then a human arm. I would say that's the most intriguing sentence you've said on this podcast <laughs> as an opening Quite possibly. as an opening um, introduction but what is the case known as the the shark's arm or something it is known as the shark arm case shark arm case or the shark's arm shark's arm it didn't throw up a briefcase after that though <laughs> no there was no case it was <laughs> it was not to... and half an hour later he threw up uh, an armless man <laughs> yeah the, the rest the rest of him in, in, <laughs> case solved and then, and then 11 other sharks turned up with the rest of him in <laughs> and I'm assuming because no one was expecting this that no one close to the shark had lost an arm <laughs> yeah they looked around and go not, not mine it's not because mine because he was he was in captivity for starters wasn't it presumably he was yeah it yeah. ha- wasn't yeah I presume it angry wasn't about in that, captivity perhaps. and then it was yeah. but even so. Yeah, it was caught um, by the owner of the Coogee Aquarium and Swimming Baths. And I suppose when they caught it, they probably thought at that point it was quite armless. <laughs> Mostly. Mostly armless. <laughs> yeah. The So he so in those days, I, I guarantee he was like, oh, I've caught this. Oh, this will be all right for my... I'll just chuck it in my uh, aquarium. I mean, he could never... Presumably yeah. you can do that these days, but I guarantee he thought, oh, this will... This'll do. Yeah, well... <laughs> I have a feeling that's pretty much how they do do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, oh, even right, better, yeah. it's even better than that because despite owning an aquarium, he put it in the swimming baths. Oh. oh God. <laughs> he put the shark in the swimming pool. Say, so, come and look there at this. There's sharks in the swimming pool, right? Chlorinated, <laughs> not sea, sea water. Oh, no, perhaps it, perhaps it was seawater. Did it need to dip its fins in the smelly liquid before it went into the pool? Yeah, it had to go through a little that little pool beforehand, yeah. Just flash around in it with its... Dorsal fin. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's quite. I quite like the phrase "a shark's arm." It sounds like an actual phrase that you'd yeah, say. Yeah, shark's arm. God, you wouldn't believe it. The other day, I. Uh, I, could, I yeah, we managed it. It was. It was a shark's arm in hell. Chance. <laughs> but yeah, we did it. It was mega. Bit like hen's teeth. Shark's arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like it's, it. it's a. It's a well known. It's a well known phrase. <laughs> Rare as shark's arm. That is. Whereas a shark's yeah, arm, exactly, yeah. horse feathers. Oh, it, was, it was absolutely brilliant. It was like a shark's arm. <laughs> well, if that's not common parlance now, I'm definitely going to make sure it is in future conversation. Yeah, use it with enough confidence and people will think they've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. I know, that's what I'm saying. Have you had a slice <laughs> of that cake? Oh, it's a shark's arm. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, that the, definitely, the, um, definitely not where I'll I thought that else. conversation was going to go. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Anyone who sneaks that into a review of this podcast will win a prize. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what else draws me in is the 
Can you think of the first thing I thought of was is that is a brilliant, a really good combination. I mean, I'd like to think that I'm not. Your your next sentence isn't going to say, and it was tracked down from an orphan's <laughs> home, and she was it was her birthday, and the shark ate her. But the, on the basis that you're not going to say that, the, um, I thought, what shark arm arm shark? Hey, bang bagging. What what other animal and bodily part could could supersede this story? Um, mm. And I thought of a head, just a head, yeah. and uh, a dinosaur. <laughs> the dinosaur's head. <laughs> I know they didn't coexist, but therefore that's that would be even better. The, uh, yeah, we found this dinosaur. There was a human head in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be a, a dinosaur in a museum. Polar I'm sure, bear. I'm sure that's been done on an episode of CSI. Um, and it's a leg. So, sharks eat polar bears. They do. No, 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 no. They forget about that. The, the base <laughs> animal. A polar bear with Shackleton's knee in its... In its yeah, stomach. exactly. exactly yeah. <laughs> a chicken and a, a human that's bigger than it. <laughs> Inside it. Yeah, why Otter's not? noses. <laughs> Unusual Roman snack. <laughs> I mean, it was, the case was just unbelievable. It was, it was a shark's arm of a case. Yeah. It was a shark's arm of a case. Absolutely right. Have you said shark's anything arm. else apart from the introduction? No. Okay. <laughs> Good night. Oh, that'll do. Get on with it! So the owner of the Coogee Aquarium and Swimming Bath. Oh yeah, him. Bert Hobson and his son Ron. I love sharks. They caught this tiger shark. It was a one ton, about 13 foot what? tiger shark. They caught it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they caught it three kilometres offshore and they decided, yeah, they'll bring it in and they'll put it in the bath and they'll charge everyone to come around and see it. And the 25th of April was Anzac Day. So it's a, a big uh, a memorial day, like a, like a bank holiday. It's the day before Prozac Day. <laughs> well, all the jokes can't be good. You've got to expect that once in a while. It's Prozac, Prozac Boxing Day. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, um, did you say how long it was? I did say how long it was, yeah. Say it again. It's a, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> say it again. It's a 13-footer. 25. <laughs> 25. Three tons of <laughs> Three tons of him. <laughs> Unfortunately, 13 and 25 don't really go together. 13-foot, <laughs> one-ton tiger shark. So what happened was that um, that shark had eaten the smaller shark. Right. And the smaller shark had, had eaten the arm. Gosh. Yeah. Like a Russian doll. Like a little, yeah, like a matryoshka. Yeah. One one inside t'other. A big shark had eaten a smaller shark. Oh, right. So it was even more bemusing because mm. where did the where did he eat the other shark? Yeah. Yeah. What was the other shark? And a smaller one, clearly. But... Well, I don't know. Was there anything inside the arm? <laughs> it was clutching in his, in his fist. A smaller arm. Yes. <laughs> A tiny a, shark. <laughs> holding a tiny shark, yeah. I think that leads us gently back towards the genuine story. Because <laughs> there is a detail on the arm. There is a detail really? on the arm. There's a couple of details. A tattoo of a shark. Well, there's a tattoo. That much is true. Oh, yeah. There was a tattoo of two boxers uh, sparring. Interesting. I wonder if that would mean, here's me jumping to conclusions, but that could mean it's a, like a... I mean, obviously the answer is boxer, but the I was going to say sailor 
or obviously fishermen, but fishermen like tattoos. They like tattoos of and barmen. Yeah, sport or a boat. Yeah, they don't get tattoos Paint. of a fish or a mermaid or an anchor. Is the tradition. Yeah, we're getting matching leprechaun tattoos or a boat. Anyway, case closed. Mermaids don't tend to wear boxing gloves, though. <laughs> um, yeah. And on examination of the arm, they discovered that it hadn't actually been bitten off. This wasn't a shark attack. It had been cut off with a knife. Oh, God, this is getting way better. So this became suddenly a potential murder investigation. Curiouser and curiouser. So the shark just ate a floating arm? Essentially, yeah. Right, OK. All right, fine. Unless it was bait. For a bigger shark. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Try to catch a... Trying to catch a big shark. So you feed a little arm to a little shark. And then use a small yeah. shark to catch a big shark. Yeah. Which, which it caught. <laughs> exactly. Standard tech. Put the arm in the water to try to catch a whole man. <laughs> Started off with a spider <laughs> catching a fly. <laughs> yeah. All got out of the, they didn't go the bovine way. They went the, uh, the <laughs> shark direction. His arm belonged to an old lady. <laughs> they discovered it had been severed. It had been severed, and also in a smaller detail, it did have a little bit of rope uh, left around the wrist. Okay. It's oh. a small detail. Um, yes. So police began an investigation. The tattoo led them very quickly to a man named Jimmy Smith. Now, he was from England. He was a former lightweight boxer. Aha. Uh-huh. Hence right. the tattoo. He ran a billiards saloon. He had in the suburbs one arm. <laughs> in the suburbs of, we're talking about still in Australia, of Sydney, right? yeah, okay. yep. Sydney, Australia. Yep. So they're now they're looking for Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith, he cannot be found. Ah. The, the search continues. Now it didn't take them long to connect Smith to one Reginald Holmes. Right. Now he was quite well known. He ran a successful boat building business, but um, it seems he made most of his money from fraud. And smuggling operations. His, his boat building business, he was using speedboats um, to smuggle cocaine. Right. And he did uh, insurance scams. So in 1934, a year before, they'd overinsured and sunk a pleasure cruiser called the Pathfinder in order to claim multiple insurance policies. It's that kind of insurance scam that he yep. run. So although he was quite well known with a successful business, he was quite a shady character. Smith was connected to him because they did deals. They did the deals, yeah. It was like he Holmes used Smith as a kind of a like a gopher. It's kind of he just got him to do like bits of work for him, kind of thing. a sort of fence, a navvy, right? But it's when they hooked up with a third person that stuff started to get interesting. Mm-hmm. So Smith and Holmes um, linked up with a, a fraudster named Patrick Brady. Brady would would write out forged checks in the names of the people who were clients of Holmes, so boat building clients, people who bought boats or or other parts of his business. He would force, forge checks, and then Holmes and Smith would each cash the checks, either in the billiard hall or in the boat building business. Yep. But um, Smith and Holmes fell out over these one of these scams, and Smith tried to blackmail Holmes. <gasps> blackmail! They've got they've got all of this so far from a chopped off arm. Yeah. The the path has led. Yeah. They've solely from all of that. Yeah. They've connected. They've connected it's, them it's together, good, isn't it? and it sounds like some fairly round. Investigative work, yeah, very tidy. Quite unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, we've swapped continents, but yeah. the, all, all the cases so far—not all of them, but quite a few of them—it it didn't go through this amount of uh, procedure and investigative, and 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 we're only talking mm. about a bit of an arm. We're not yeah. even talking about. 
people yet. Well, exactly. I mean, in previous yeah. police investigations we've discussed, they couldn't even find a body, let alone... In the room yeah. they stood in. <laughs> in the room, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let alone find no, I, an arm and they go, oh, let's talk to this guy. He knows. He's going to know about it. I suspect they, the Holmesmith and Holmes chaps were probably known to police before, but it's sort yeah. of piecing it all together, isn't it? So Yeah. I guess they've got a, a full, well, a half set of prints. <laughs> I don't know, really. Yeah, would yeah. they? Uh, would it be all kind of wrinkly? <laughs> <laughs> I forget um, who developed it or when it was developed, but there was uh, a scientist who managed to uh, develop a technique for getting good quality prints from uh, water decayed fig hat, you know, skin. So you can do it. it I, th- I think you. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that well, CSI has done that's actually real. <laughs> oh, right, oh, okay, yeah. Because they would have obviously done that, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, found someone and four seconds later come up with a perfect set of prints. But Yeah. It's fairly gruesome. You do remove the skin from the tips of the fingers. and right, Yeah, okay. you wear it like wear a rubber glove. Like a glove. Yeah, and you let it dry. I mean, uh, 20 minutes in the bath. Yeah. And I would argue that you can't you can't take my prints. That's but, the perfect uh, time to commit a crime. <laughs> Straight out of the bath. Apparently you can. Yeah. You can't unlock your own mobile phone at yeah. that point. Yeah. They did very well considering it's nearly hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So on April seventh, Smith spent a very visible night out drinking with Brady at the Cecil Hotel. And then they went... A very visible night Yeah, out. there was loud and they were very... Uh, <laughs> we're going out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the point is that everyone saw them. They were, it's not like they were discreet. Yeah, they were okay. having a raucous, bawdy time of it. Have you seen who's over there? <laughs> He's a bit visible. <laughs> i tell you what, it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there's a shark's arm in hell of chance that he'll get up to no good. No, I don't know what sharks are supposed to be. Is that a good chance or a bad chance? No, do I? Don't know. <laughs> it's just a thing. It's, just a, ch- it's a, ca- a chance. It's 50-50, really. It could go either way. Having a shark's arm of a night. <laughs> now, the funny thing, it was also Brady had rented a cottage nearby, in his own name, obviously. Mm-hmm. So they went from their drinking session at the Cecil Hotel, they went to this cottage nearby, and... Um, that's the last time Smith was seen. Oh. But because they were very, you know, they'd made very well aware everyone around them where they were, or who these people, you know, there's a lot of witnesses to them. Um, the police easily managed to track their movements. Because of their visual night Because they were very visible. Yeah. Yep. In fact, so much so that there was a taxi driver who <laughs> identified Brady and said, yeah, I picked him up from this address at this cottage and I took him to this address where Mr. Holmes lives. He went straight from the cottage to Holmes' house. Okay, so it's all going pretty well so far, the invest- investigation. Yeah, I mean, it's li- pretty much landed in their lap. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The uh, the taxi driver said that uh, Brady looked dishevelled, he was definitely hiding something under his jacket, and it was clear that he was frightened. Yeah, I ain't afraid of nothing. Gosh. Okay. So that's a pretty good witness. And it was in the shape of an arm. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you don't think it's actually the arm. He had three arms under his jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not. (laughs) Put your hands up, all three of them. He had three arms and two sleeves. Put your hands up. (laughs) And the other one. (laughs) And the other one. (laughs) No, not the fourth. (laughs) So, on the 16th of May, Brady is arrested. 
and the police are going to charge him with Smith's murder. However, then it starts to get even more interesting. Mm. So they police spoke to Holmes. He first of all he denied knowing Brady or associating with him at all. But after only four days of Brady being arrested, Holmes took a bottle of brandy and a thirty-two pistol into his boat shed and shot himself in the head. Wow! Oh, why would he do that? Why indeed? Well, he didn't do a very good job of it because he didn't die. No, oh, no. He succeeded only in knocking himself out of the boat and into the water. <laughs> Where he? Where he woke up. Oh my god! Tra- uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's some doing isn't it yeah it's surprisingly common is it to sh- yeah to shoot yourself in the head and miss uh, yeah 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 <laughs> it's, not, it's not it's harder than you think <laughs> did, he hit, did he hit him anywhere in his head well uh, this is what I don't understand what, how, what, how he was pointing this gun because he shot himself in the forehead but that's surely bad yeah because that's the strongest part of the <laughs> the thing is when you when it comes to actually pulling the trigger the likelihood is that you'll move you'll move your hand or you'll move the rest of your body and, up and yeah. oh, sorry down you'll just come and miss yeah sure sure yeah 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 because yeah. of the difficulty emotionally yeah you, yeah you'll just move a little bit yes and you'll skim off ricochets off but yeah right. but why start there at all <laughs> why start at the front at the strongest bone in the head why did you put it under the chin or in the mouth or something? I would still assume that a bullet from point blank range would go in your skull, but well, hmm. arguably, I mean, Rue's probably right. It's probably just slightly different angle. You know, shaking hands, sweaty forehead, and it was only a thirty-two pistol, so it wasn't like a magnum or anything. It was uh, small, <laughs> relatively small caliber. Right. So yeah, he knocked himself out of the boat and into the water. Where, whereupon he woke up, he climbed back into the speedboat, and. So he was literally completely fine. Well, no, I don't think he's completely fine. He obviously had a headache. He oh. set off and he was okay. He had a headache. Oh God, I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> he had a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he drove the, the 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 motorboat around Sydney Harbour for like four hours, all over the place, arriving erratically. He got in all the shipping lanes and disrupted him, the ferry the ferry lanes. This is after the trying to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why was he doing that? Just because he was like, hey. Yeah, he was. Uh, I'm alive. Punch, punch drunk, you know. Okay, right. Um, and then uh, he was chased by the police, and he led them two kilometres out to sea until he finally surrendered. Okay. So now, was a sharks, sharks arm of the night, wasn't it? Wasn't it though? <laughs> so he then hands up, three hands up, <laughs> to the police. Sorry. Puts all of his hands in the air. Yep. And uh, yeah, so now Holmes is in custody, and he decides he's going to tell him what happened. So, this, so according to Holmes, Brady turned up at, at his house with Smith's arm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brady turned up at his house with Smith's arm. Yeah. He knocked on the door. <laughs> <laughs> the so, but not Smith. But not Smith. No Smith. Only okay. only the only of. one tenth of Smith turned up. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'd say that was one tenth. Yeah. yeah, good, good fraction, <laughs> good fraction so he, choice there. So he, <laughs> so he turns up demanding five hundred pounds, right? Saying that he'd killed Smith, dismembered him, put him in a trunk, and thrown him into Gunamada Bay. Okay, a practice which was known colloquially as a Sydney send-off. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, very good, Isn't nice. So Holmes, in a panic, drove to a coastal suburb and threw the arm into the sea. Ah, and that's where. And the story began in t- in shark terms yes sounds like he might have tied a weight of something to it 
but not enough to stop sharks from feasting on it. Well, if it was at the bottom... The brick was at the bottom and the arm was yeah, floating was at the, at the end the of a rope. Just, <laughs> yeah. just floating like a big sausage on a stick and, and he just went... Oh. <laughs> it's quite good, though, yeah. that, that it's all from someone's then subsequently catching a shark who ate another shark that they solved... Did they they solved a murder case? Did they? Well, possibly. Hang on, hang on. (laughs) Hang on a minute. We've got to the end. So we've had a murder, or apparently we've had a murder, and apparently we've had an attempted suicide. Now, Holmes, he decided now that he was going to agree to be a witness at the inquest, which was going to take place on the 12th of June. However, early in the morning on the 12th, he was found under Sydney Harbour Bridge in his car with three gunshot wounds to the chest. Dead. Oh dear. Sorry, is this the chap who tried to kill himself before? Yes. And this he is had now succeeded. Well, the, the tricky bit is, is getting the second and then the third bullet in your chest. <laughs> <laughs> he, tried, he tried harder the second time by ensuring he put many bullets Yeah, in. that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. He was rubbish at it, wasn't he? So <laughs> He killed himself and then hid the car under the bridge. <laughs> and then drove apparently. to under the bridge. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll just park here. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, oh, okay. So someone did him in. So we've got two murders now. Two murders. One arm, two murders. So with Holmes dead and no body, Brady's defence... Um, was going to go to trial, but his defence was, well, Smith could still be alive. Having an arm is no yeah. proof that there's a totally. murder even taking place. Of course, One yeah. One boxer. You need a body. Yeah, and then it was discovered that Smith actually turned out to be a police informant and actually could have been killed by any number of uh, paid assassins or crime bosses. Yes, right, okay. Because he dobbed, dobbed in whoever he... Dobbed in people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's quite a good story, isn't it? Hmm. It's a great story. So Brady went to trial and with only an arm and no star witness. <laughs> well, at least he could swear on the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, Quran at the same time. Yeah. He, uh, he was found not guilty and acquitted. Yeah, I suppose, you know, you, know, you could easily persuade, um, as a defence attorney, you could say, what are you talking about? It's an arm. Yeah. And send it off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's pretty much where our story is ends because a... no one was ever charged over the death of Smith or right, Holmes, right, right. and Smith's body was never recovered. Oh, it strikes gosh. me as a when you get to your popular culture section, strikes me as something <laughs> that could or should be a film or documentary, but is is yeah, a, but yeah. without a lovely round ending, it would just sort of peter yeah, out. Yeah, I suppose so. You'd need yeah. to add in a, a sort of fake Hollywood yeah, ending. Yeah, you're right, because it, it's, I mean, it's not a rubbish ending, but it's, but in documentary, in film terms, it is, isn't it? Oh, it could be a usual suspects type ending, where yeah. Brady walks away a free man at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No one knows who done it. Yeah, yeah sure. You leave it open. I mean, that would work for me. I'd love to see this movie. But uh, no movie has been made. Right, suggesting that nothing at all. And there's the shark thinking, it's just an arm entree, my dear Watson. Uh, (laughs) He could be Uh. thinking that. (laughs) But the chances are... I'm going to stop making that gag (laughs) one day. And you'll you'll hate me for it. (laughs) 
Oh dear. So Brady lived to a ripe old age. He died in 1965 at the age of 76. Right. He denied having any connection to the murder all the time. Until he As died. you would. <laughs> As you would. And he may not have been connected to the murder. If he was an informant, I guess, there would have been all sorts of baddies connected with it. Yeah. Well, according to Holmes, um, Brady turned up with his arm and told him what he'd done. Ah, Okay, but then Holmes yes. wasn't around to corroborate or change his yes, story. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're right. It, it's quite it's quite easy case to get off because yeah. of lack of mm. anything or a person on the other end of the arm. <laughs> person on the other end of the arm. It's quite good though. I wonder if it's a um, commonly widely known story over over there. Ah, shark's arm case. Yeah, know all about that. <laughs> what do you want to know? Well, I think I think so. I think it's pretty yeah, much good. legendary. Yeah, it's pretty good. But there hasn't been that much in popular culture about it. I, not nearly as much as I would have expected. Oh, there's a play uh, called The Grey Nurse Said Nothing. Go. Oh. And there's been, obviously there's been books about the case, but not dramatisations. It's not a grey nurse shark, is it? <laughs> that is a type of shark, isn't it? Yeah. A nurse shark, yeah. Yeah. And a grey shark. And a grey shark. Bill Bryson mentioned it in his book Down Under. Did he? Yeah, the people in the US would know that as uh, book, the book is called In a Sunburned Country. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but we know it as Down Under. But although he says it was a swimmer, not the boxer. So he actually made a mistake on that. Oh, did he? Right. The best one, I think, for me is in season one of CSI Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah. Episode three yeah. is called Wet Foot, Dry Foot. And in it, there is a case of a Cuban immigrant under the wet foot, dry foot policy. If you make it onto the beach, you can stay. Yes, kind of yes, yeah. And, but one of them was eaten by a shark, apparently. Except that it wasn't eaten by a shark because it had the arm and the whole torso in the shark. And oh, it had okay. a convenient gunshot wound in it. Oh, okay. Just to narrow down the suspects. It was definitely murder. <laughs> and at this point, I think I should remove my glasses. Yeah. It was murder. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Daltrey. Um, that was uh, that was the uh, what's he called? David Caruso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone full Caruso. Yeah, Miami style. This does remind me somehow of the Salish human yeah. foot discoveries. Depends if there's a crime committed. <laughs> well, there's probably crimes related shoes. to it. What's it called again? Salish human foot discoveries. <laughs> It's a bit of a rubbish title, but... It's catchy. <laughs> so, someone walking along the beach on the Salish Sea found... Human foot? A trainer oh. uh, one day. What, uh, you mean like a personal trainer? <laughs> and they kicked it over and found it, that inside... Was a foot. Was a human foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they found a and foot. And over the coming weeks, more and more of these were found. And I think it was over a dozen, perhaps as many as 20. 25. Human feet were found in trainers on the Salish coast. Oh, this sounds great. So a lot of these feet were found, some of them matching pairs, some well, were not. Presumably no pairs. more than two <laughs> matched. <laughs> Hang on, this, we've got three here. And they just kept turning up. It was a terrible scythe accident. Someone had been re-harvesting wheat with a, with, a, with a row of spectators in front of them that just sliced all their feet off. The crowd is just on its feet here. It was lots of individual tra tragedies. Uh, some people lost at sea, yes. uh, some possibly suicide. Yes. And the, the mystery behind it is all down to the physics of how a body decomposes at sea. 
Okay, scary feet, scary feet, scary feet, scary feet. And most of these are found in in running trainers, which of course are nice and spongy and full of air, <laughs> so they're quite no. buoyant. Moxes. And joints are typically uh, weaker and where a body decomposes a little more quickly than, than other parts of the body. So with the feet floating towards the surface and the ankles more exposed... So it all gets eaten and then that it floats to the top. And of course, no creatures can really get into the shoe that easily to consume the flesh that's in there. At a certain place. So the feet just remain. So you end up with this buoyant foot detached from the body. And and yeah, yeah, they just end up the way the way the sea works around the Salish coast. The feet just end up washed along the shore. So if you're ever going to sea, be sure to wear Nike Airs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then your your body will be eventually discovered on a beach in Canada. It was first thought to be something, sort of something quite gruesome, but it's just uh, just physics that ends up with them there. But they weren't all trainers, though, were they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah, yeah, mostly trainers because well, they're so buoyant. It's like, it's like, I think I, if I was the investigating officer, I'd be like, how many more are turning up? It's like you know, it's not, it's not. <laughs> it just seemed anyway. Those that weren't wearing trainers. The workman's boots. DM, DMs sank to the bottom. The tap dancing yeah. shoes they sink to the right, bottom. Right, right. There you go. And on that bombshell. The other thing we should talk about is the vast disparity between the number of people attacked by sharks every year and the number of sharks attacked by people every year. Yeah, sure. It's hundreds of millions versus seven or something, isn't it? Yeah. Because we've now reduced the population of sharks on this planet by 71% in the last 50 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And although only, what, five or maybe six people a year are attacked by a shark, yeah. we managed to kill over 100 yeah. million. Yeah, Jed, like you say, 100 million sharks a year, which is about eleven to 12,000 sharks an hour. Well, in, in parts of Asia, they catch the sharks, cut off the fin and basically throw the rest away. Yes, quite. And yeah, the, the vast majority of yeah, shark yeah, yeah. death is, is due to finning. Yeah, most oh of it. Oh God, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is neither tasty nor nourishing. Nor has any worth. No. Yeah, it's not even good, but it's, it's mm-hmm. traditional no medicine. whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. No. It's what they call traditional medicine, which has no medical properties yeah. at all. Like an elephant umbrella stand. Yes, yeah, the foot. Yeah, yeah. Tiger's yeah, hand yeah, yeah. ashtray. Utterly pointless and just killing yeah, for the yeah. sake of it. Yeah, and sharks, meanwhile, don't even like human flesh because it tastes horrible. They're just biting something because it's they think it's a fish, but they don't like it. They'll bite down, and then they, if they're able to, they'll release. It's only because they bite through like an yeah. artery or something that people die from it. Nobody yes. likes eating long pig. <laughs> no, Cuh. sharks, eh? That's all for this time. If you want to know more about what we've discussed over the course of this episode, just Google it or something. You can see daily true crime updates on our Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. You can email us or you can support the show with a PayPal donation. And links to all of those are on our website at truecrimediary.co.uk. Don't forget to send us a review or post one in your podcast service if you can. And all five-star reviews will get a shout-out on a future episode. Join us next time when we'll be similarly discussing and digressing on another event in true crime history. Until then, my thanks to Jed and Rue, 
My name's Mark and we'll see you on the next date in our True Crime Diary.